0: Today on Laura Lin and Friends,
1: I couldn't imagine doing it without knowing I have God behind me. And uh, when you're when you're a young man looking out into a world of weak and docile behavior from those who are supposed to be paving the way ahead of you, um, you you just need to do something.
2: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of The Last Days. It is a barn burner today. I mean, this is epic. Um, I am so thrilled to have our guests today, Josh Alexander, Nick Alexander, his brother, and Monty Walker, their good friend. Uh, these are three guys that have been standing up for, you know, common sense and, and you know, their, their belief in their religion, uh, their faith, and... Uh, you know, this whole thing about what's going on with gender. It's its very interesting. These are epic times. So before we get to them, another epic dude in the world, of course, of course is uh, Klaus Schwab, and uh, complete with the Bond villain persona going on. He speaks at the World Government Summit about those who master the upcoming technologies being the masters of the world. I hope that means me. Let's see what he says.
3: And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. And I agree, artificial intelligence, but not only artificial intelligence, but also the metaverse, new space technologies, and I could go on and on, synthetic biology. Our life in 10 years from now will be completely different, very much affected and who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world.
2: Well, I'm feeling good because we are mastering the technologies. Are we not in this crew here? The small crew. We're we're doing it. We're we're bringing you the the truth every single day. And so we actually feel so supported by Klaus Schwab in his love of what we are are actually doing here. And uh, like we're not. All that down with the you'll own nothing and be happy thing, because we don't think we'll be happy if we don't own anything. I I don't know if it's just me, but I, I prefer to own. I like to, you know, make money, work hard, uh, see the fruit of my labor, purchase land, um, you know, have things that that are wonderful. And, of course, leave a wonderful, um, you know, a, a reward and an an inheritance to your kids is something I think is cool. So I'm not really all that down with that. Um, other things not so good with uh, with the World Economic Forum is, you know, sort of a van world order. Um, yeah, um, we don't like that. And the build back better thing. Um, we just think that we should keep building on the great life we have right now. Except it's not that great when you look at all of the, um, the you know, You know, we've got problems with inflation. I don't know, like my Cremo is just going up every week at the supermarket and I can't drink coffee without Cremo. So this is starting to hit me where it hurts. I don't like that. So I'm fighting back by, you know, I'm trying to go to the places that sell it at the least amount. I do several trips. Uh, I, I expand my carbon footprint by going to several stores to check who's got the lowest price.
3: Aren't you thinking of buying a cow maybe?
2: Yeah, I should buy a cow. <laughs> I, I actually would. I don't think we have room for it in the, the grass, the the fake turf that we have out front. But anyways, okay. Um, now, Elon Musk uh, speaks out on the topic of a world government at the World Government Summit. So I guess he's all on board with the whole world thing? Let's see.
3: One thing I should say, on, and I know this is called the World Government Summit, Um but um, I think we should be maybe a little bit concerned about uh, actually becoming too much of a single world government. Um, if, if I may say that we want to avoid creating a civilizational risk by having um, frankly, this may sound a little odd, too much cooperation between governments. Um, you know if you know if you look at say the at history and the rise and fall of civilizations, um, the, the really all, throughout history, civilizations have risen and fallen, but it hasn't meant the doom of humanity as a whole because there have been, there've been all these separate civilizations that were separated by great distances. And so, um, you know, say like while Rome was falling, it, uh, it, you know, uh, Islam was rising. And uh, so you had like a, uh, you know, the, the sort of caliphate do, doing incredibly well while Rome was doing terribly. Um, and that actually ended up being a source of preservation of knowledge uh, and uh, and many uh, scientific advancements and so um, so I think we want to be a little bit cautious about uh, being too much of a world, of a single uh, civilization because if we are too much of a single civilization then if, if we if the whole the whole thing may collapse um, I'm not, obviously not suggesting war or anything like that but I think we want to be a little bit wary of Actually, cooperating too much—it sounds a little odd—but, um, but we, we just—we we, want to have some amount of civilizational diversity, such that if uh, if something does go wrong with some part of civilization, that the whole thing doesn't uh, collapse, uh, and 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 you know, humanity keeps moving forward.
2: Well, I love Elon Musk. I like everything he talks about these days. You know, other than the whole Mars thing, and maybe like putting chips in our body and stuff like that. But other than that, I really like him. I really like that he bought Twitter and he has put the whole thing on fire. Uh, They are revealing how uh, the FBI, the CIA, the Biden administration collaborated and colluded to hide good information and also to set up the Hunter Biden laptop as perhaps being Russian disinformation, which of course it is not. (laughs) And uh, there's a lot of really juicy stuff on that laptop that actually incriminates a lot of people. And so I really love Elon Musk for that. The other thing that I appreciate about what he's saying is that um, he's saying this could be dangerous. Like for instance, let's say there's a one world government. okay, And and let's say that, um, I don't know, who's a really good guy? You know the guy from The Office, Steve? Steve Carell, yeah. So Steve Carell becomes the president of the world. I just love him. I love all of his comedy. So let's make him the president. So he's the president of the world. Now, he might care more about Ohio because he's from uh, the United States of America. But let's say there's some kind of uh, spill, as they've just had in Ohio, um, in, I don't know, like Istanbul, right? And he's not really connected with that. So as a one-world government, he may not be paying a lot of attention. Now, what's interesting is that the U.S. government is not paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Ohio. That is interesting. So a one-world government would be very far removed from some of the, the individual crisis that's going on in different places. So this is not a good idea. No, no, no. You see the United States of America formed its borders and its country on Judeo-Christian values. In fact, Canada formed its country on Judeo-Christian values as well. And that means that people have freedom. People have freedom to serve God, to serve the God of their choice, or to reject God. That is actually the price and the power of freedom for me personally i choose jesus christ as my um my my life's you know complete allegiance to but other people and i give them the right and also the authority to choose something else but here's the thing don't infringe on my rights because you think your rights are important don't become a narcissist don't become somebody who thinks you can impose what you believe on everyone else, but our countries were founded on Judeo-Christian values. And the the good thing about that is that we're not Syria. We're not Iraq. We're not a place where people are killed because they don't align with, let's say, the Muslim religion or Islam. They don't align with that um, because if you go there and you're an atheist, right? Like some of you are who like to, you guys write me and you, you like my show, it's comforting, right? But you don't even really believe in God. Well, you get to be an atheist in Canada or the United States because we are founded under principles of freedom. Those other countries are not founded under principles of freedom. So I don't know how you'd ever have a one world government where you could have one person in charge of all these different uh, countries that have all these different ideologies that they operate under. I don't see how it's possible. Now, right before we go to our guests, I just want to show you one more video from what is happening in Ohio. Yesterday, we showed you a TikTok video of a young girl. And even though she had blue hair, she had the right idea. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody is watching. What is going on in Ohio? This is East Palestine, Ohio, and uh, the EPA is getting residents to sign non-liability contracts to not hold related entities liable for any harm caused by the derailment incident. Uh, we saw people on the news last night on Tucker Carlson's show. Basically, they can't breathe. They're getting uh, burns on their faces. This this burn that we showed yesterday, um, the, the the fire and all of that burning this particular thing, this is deadly. This is deadly. So now they're trying to get them to, oh, sign a non-liability waiver? Uh, I don't think so. Take a look.
3: Can I ask you that? Do you believe them, Kaylin? <laughs>
0: So I, can, I, I can't comment on that, but what I can comment on is that we were told um, by Norfolk personnel that the, the agencies that were coming to our homes to test were from independent laboratories. Now, what I can tell you firsthand is that we had a gentleman from CTEC, which is the you know, so-called independent laboratory. He was sitting in our driveway from the, the night of the derailment. And we had spoken to him, you know, just very informally. And he said that, and I quote, uh, we follow around the railroad when they make mistakes and they are happy to have us here. Um, And when, you know, CTEC came to our facility to test our air, they had not offered the services of water at that point in time. Uh, They handed me a contract that essentially said that I needed to hold Norfolk, their affiliates, not limited to, but including CTECH, harmless, uh, harmless of uh, any future.
4: Uh, you didn't sign it. In
0: terms of, Oh, of course not. Yeah, good. Um, but unfortunately, 340 other residents did sign it. Wow. And, and that's where my heart just breaks for these people, because we don't know the long-term repercussions of what these chemicals can do in our air, to our environments, to our homes to our businesses, and they've signed their rights away in the hopes that they're getting help and the right answers from these organizations. And what I can tell you firsthand is that CTEC, the affiliate of Norfolk that came to test the air, was followed by the EPA. And what I can tell you is that we said, can the EPA by themselves come into our kennel? We do not sign this paper. And can they test themselves? Because they're a government organization that has the ability, they had the testing equipment with them, And the answer was absolutely not. Mm.
2: So I think that everybody's all in it together. Um, You know, Tucker Carlson, one of his points is that uh, what's actually happening right now is like, we've had two more train derailments. We've had a truck uh, overturn, We've had food centers lighting on fire. Um, Is something going on? Is something bigger than all of these simple, you know, one-time situations going on is, is, is something happening? Is there, is there some sort of collusion to bring a lot of harm? So I did... Um, I always start the show by reading from my dad's uh, Bible. My dad passed away about a year and a half ago, and he was such an inspiration to me, and he loved the Word of God. He's underlined almost every single page in this. I can't wait to get to this, but um, he... On this day, I'd like to read from Romans 1, this scripture, and it's basically talking about the righteous judgment of God. So the previous scripture has to do with the righteous judgment of God. My dad has highlighted this, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. In verse 10, it says, but glory, honor, and peace to every man, that works good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. So, once again, um, I find that my dad has underlined so many scriptures that show that when you walk righteously, when you have good deeds, when you do what is right, that God is with you and he blesses you. When you have wicked ways, God will deal with that, especially on Judgment Day. So, absolutely amazing. I want to invite to the show now something that is going viral. You may have seen A few stories on this. Rebel News has been reporting and also different folks around the world. Um, This is getting international attention now. And it really kind of surrounds uh, this amazing kid, uh, Josh Alexander. Then he has this amazing brother named Nick Alexander. And then they have an amazing friend named Monty Walker. And these three dudes, these three young guys have decided that they're going to stand up for what is right. So I welcome you to the show. Uh, Liberty Coalition Canada is assisting Josh Alexander, a grade 11 student at St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Ontario. Josh was suspended for 20 days. Now, I personally always enjoyed a good suspension, Josh, but Josh was suspended for 20 days in late 2022 because he expressed his Christian beliefs during class debates and on social media, that there are only two genders that students cannot switch between genders and that male students should not be permitted into the girls' bathroom. The timing of this suspension also suggests retaliation for Josh organizing a student walkout regarding the refusal of St. Joseph's principal, Derek Lennox, to address the concerns of a female student regarding the male students accessing the girls' washrooms. Uh, absolutely incredible. So this is Liberty Coalition's page on the side here. I want to ask you, uh, Josh, um, what gave you the, the strength really to stand up against um, sort of an ideology? A lot of schools now are totally disregarding the protection of women in, in the girls' bathrooms. Uh, I'm just so thrilled. We have actually had another young man who was also fighting against this, and it's pretty shocking. Tell me about how this all started. I heard that you were you were putting forward your beliefs during class debates and on social media. Is that sort of the beginning? You started speaking up slowly behind the scenes?
1: Yeah, so what would have happened is uh, I moved to the Catholic board uh, after doing me and Monty here, Um, organized student walkouts in solidarity with the Freedom Convoy and the Public Board. And after that was over, um, I had been suspended three or four times. I just decided it would be best if I moved to the Catholic Board. And uh, not long into my time there, I was informed by uh, a few of the uh, students from the Catholic Board that male students were using the female washrooms and they were obviously uh, disturbed and uncomfortable with this, so I decided to uh, Speak up about it when it uh, entered a class discussion, and uh, I ended up bringing it to the principals as well, and uh, they the entire school refused to take any action on that issue.
2: Okay, wow. So are you comfortable with giving me the principal's name, or would that get you in any trouble? But a principal—it's it, pretty
1: public now. He's uh, his name's Derek Lennox.
2: Okay, so Principal Derek Lennox uh, d- is. So he's obviously um, in charge of sort of how things go. When you bring to his attention that there are some females and that this is a concern that males are able to go into the girls' washroom, what was his response to that?
1: He actually told me, and I uh, quote, um, he said, I'm not going to pursue your uh, personal crusade. So that was he said, I'll have to hear it from a uh, female student as well. I convinced a female student to say the exact same thing and he ignored her as well so that's at that point i decided to organize a protest outside the school
2: wow and how how did the protest go did you get support or were people afraid to stand with you because you know it's such a uh politically you know h- difficult um topic
1: well um they suspended me two days before the protest started so they actually had an opportunity to go class to class and intimidate the students. And uh, yeah, they basically they threatened them with, um, with loss of transportation. They said it would ruin their reputations. I wasn't there, so I can only go off of what was told to the students and what was sent home to the parents. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't very uh, professional of them.
2: Wow. And I, and I hear what you're saying about intimidate students. Like, obviously, if there's a, a, a young man trying to bring some accountability for endangering girls because actually we all know the stories of girls who have been violated, assaulted, and raped in girls' bathrooms by people that claim to be transgender. That is a well-known fact. Um, So you're trying to bring some perspective and some safety, even standing up for other girls. And by suspending you, that would send sort of a a message to everybody that, hey, you want to talk like Josh? This could happen to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. They were attempting to make an example out of me, and, uh, I mean, now they've arrested me for it. So <laughs> it's right. uh, it's certainly not encouraging other students.
2: No. So um, you were arrested, was it February 6th of this year? Can you tell me about that one?
1: Yeah, so... Uh, After I was suspended, I was scheduled to return to classes, and uh, they decided to uh, ban me permanently from two of my classes and not allow me to speak to certain students, um, partially as a uh, condition to my return. Um, I declined these conditions. I spoke with my lawyer. Um, we agreed it was unlawful and it was discriminatory and I was just going to attend school as I would any other day as my suspension period was over and I was no longer under discipline, uh, for expressing my beliefs. But, uh, I decided to attend school and the night before my, uh, my day of scheduled return, I was informed that I was now, um, excluded from the high school because, um, they felt I was a physical and mental, well, I was, I would be, uh, my presence would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of the pupils. That was their quote. And, uh, I decided to um, attend regardless. Um, the exclusion had no lawful basis and I just decided to attend. Um, after I got home that day, they gave me a trespassing notice and another suspension for attending class. Um, that trespassing notice went till January 31st and I waited that out. Um, and then I lost all, I believe I've lost all four credits from that semester. And uh, February 6th was the first day of the new semester. Um, at this point, I've already lost four credits. I've done absolutely nothing wrong except expressing my beliefs in a classroom format. And uh, I'm not suspended. I have no trespassing notice. The, uh, the only thing in effect is this unlawful exclusion order. Um, so I decided to return. Um, and start fresh get my uh, start my new courses and uh, see how that goes a few minutes into my time there uh, on February 6th I was uh, brought to the office uh, my lawyer was on the phone at the time and uh, the principal kind of stood in front of the exit of the office and told me there's some people on the way to see me and uh, yeah two uh, Ontario provincial police officers walked in they told me I was trespassing I uh, explained to them the situation that I was Uh, merely excluded from the school because of my religious beliefs and I was going to continue to attend as any other student would. And, uh, yeah, they read me my rights, escorted me out of the school, and put me in the back of the uh, cop car.
2: Wow. I can't imagine uh, how you've had the strength to do it, but you are making an epic stand uh, for people across the country. Did this school, first of all, can I confirm it's St. Joseph's Catholic High School?
1: yep it's Catholic high school yep or they claim to be
2: and and this Catholic school um, believes in the Bible do they teach biblical principles
1: um they they definitely quote scripture and uh, to some extent they do but uh, at the same time for every crucifix on the wall there's also a pride flag and uh there's a lot of gender ideology and encouragement of gender dysphoria. Even male breastfeeding gets encouraged by the teachers. Um, that's actually one of the main allegations against me, that when one, of the, one of two of the teachers I heard in my short time at that school who encouraged uh, and endorsed gender dysphor- or sorry male breastfeeding, um, I called it pedophilia, and that's one of the allegations that still holds to this day against me.
2: Wow. So this... Catholic school. um, Have you been attending it for a long time?
1: No, I've only been there since September of of two thousand and twenty-two.
2: Okay. Would you have any knowledge from like somebody that had been there longer, um, if they, as a Catholic school, have always been supporting um, the the flags um, and also this this ideology of Genders being able to change, rather than the biblical perspective that God made man and woman, and when He had finished, well, He said it was good.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know um, where the where they were in relation to that topic necessarily, but I do know not too long ago they used to have a pro life club, and uh, it seemed to have been more of a traditionally Catholic school, but uh, that's not the case anymore, evidently.
2: Okay, so. Do you know how long that principal has been there? Do you have any idea? I
1: actually couldn't tell you.
2: Okay. Um, so you've got a couple of really cool guys that you're sitting with. Um, we've gone through one arrest, which was February 6th. Um, you've also had a second arrest, but maybe we can bring in uh, your brother, Nick Alexander. Nick, can you tell us sort of your background? I know that you have also now experienced an arrest and... Um, you're the brother of Josh. Do you attend the same school?
5: I used to attend the school. Uh, I'm out of it now, but uh, I finished earlier on this year. Um, Okay. But yeah, so I'm his brother, his older brother. uh, Me, Josh, Monty, and Zach run the organization Save Canada. Uh, And yeah, so I was arrested January 31st, I believe. Uh, at Parliament Hill, so the uh, PPS, Parliamentary Security, wasn't allowing uh, a group of people with Canadian flags onto the hill. They were trying to argue that the poll was too big, uh, and we pulled out the regulations on the hill, and it wasn't, uh, but I was never holding any flag that wasn't allowed in the hill. I was never asked to leave, and uh, one of the PPS guys just attacked me and placed me under arrest for obstruction and trespassing. Uh, and then took me down to the station, uh, ran me through and released me after about half an hour.
2: Wow. Okay. So that was, were you also there that day with, uh, Monty?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Monty and Josh were both there. Yeah.
2: Okay. So was, was that a day when, um, were you the only one arrested that day or that was two of you?
5: Me and Monty were both arrested. Both of us were arrested.
2: Right. And just to clarify, so this school is in Ontario. That's what I have. But are you near, um, are you right near um, the the capital there? Is your school? We're about an hour away. About an hour away. Okay. So you're up there holding a Canadian flag and you say it was within the regulations. You pulled out the regulations and it was within that. And so this seems um, unfair as well. Um, if I could ask you, Nick, uh, when you were attending the school, did you see this kind of thing that was going on, um, with the school's belief system? Were they teaching kids that there's many genders and very supportive of the LGBTQ with the flags up?
5: Well, there were, you'd find the flags on the wall. Uh, there were definitely a couple of them in the school, but it wasn't talked about. It was kind of like, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as prominent as it is uh now that he's in uh, he's in i was in i haven't been there i switched to online so i haven't actually been in class in about 2 years but when i was there it wasn't uh, wasn't nearly as bad as it is now
2: okay when you say since he's been in who do you mean uh josh okay since josh has been in the school okay mm-hmm. all right terrific and um if we could um ask you monty how did you get involved? Uh, you're we're with a couple of brothers. I assume they've become friends now, and so um, your your involvement in all of this has. Uh, h- how did you come to kind of start making stands for your country and your beliefs?
6: Well, I joined Josh uh, back in back in high school, like back at the public school. Um, we organized the. Uh, the walkout in solidarity with the freedom convoy um and uh, that that sparked the uh global walkouts just uh, like around canada um and uh, i've pretty much been with them ever since like we went we went to the convoy together we uh organized the saint joe's saint joseph's high school walkout um and uh, got arrested together so it was, been uh been with them ever since
2: right it's been sort of a journey together getting arrested but but not for being deviants and not not for selling drugs and not for mm. doing some things that often get other people in trouble but actually for standing up for for freedom i guess um can you tell me um i think we have some footage then of of this arrest you guys want to tell us what's happening we could turn that lower maybe
1: yeah, so that, in that footage there, that's actually one day after my arrest at the high school. And uh, be, before the uh, high school incident had even happened, um, we had an event organized outside the National Arts Centre in Ottawa. We had communicated with police liaison and informed them that we would, in fact, have a uh, protest to the uh, drag queen story time that was happening in the uh, NEC there. Um, So, Nick was actually the first to get arrested that day. Uh, What had happened is we were at the doors of the NAC and I had my megaphone and uh, we were quoting scripture and giving the gospel. And uh, we got surrounded and attacked, pinned up against the wall. They stole my hat. They, uh, they hit us a bit. Um, But then police rushed in and instead of uh, stopping our assaulters, they decided to grab us and throw us into traffic. Um, and then they, uh, they ended up arresting my brother for being in traffic after they threw him there. Um, and after he had been released, I went to walk back towards my, uh, protesters, the people that were on our side. And, uh, I was still quoting scripture. I believe it was John three sixteen through the megaphone. And, uh, police told me if I didn't stop using the megaphone, I'd be arrested. And, uh, I continued to exercise my freedom of expression and religion and, um, they, yeah, they grabbed me, cuffed me, um, they, in that footage there, you can see they take off my camera equipment, uh, almost $600 in equipment and, uh, they've stolen it. It hasn't been returned. And, uh, yeah, I was in the cruiser about two hours. They, and then they drove me off into the city, provincially charged me and then left me, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it.
2: Wow. So let me ask you to, um, you know, I'm going to start with you, uh, Josh, and then we'll, we'll go to Nick and to Monty. Um, what your assessment of this situation, have, have we seen all the videos now? Yeah. Um, w- what your assessment is of what we are seeing going on in our country? Are you a little bit shocked? I think for some of us, a lot of us, we're shocked. We're shocked that you're being treated this way and that you're not being given freedom, I mean, is it somehow illegal to believe that there's only two genders? Is that what we've come to? What, what are your thoughts on all of this?
1: Well, I think the, uh, the main goal, the main narrative here is to break the family unit. Um, so they're, they're starting this attack in the uh, education system. As you can see, they're getting to them while they're young and impressionable. And uh, they're manipulating, confusing the youth of our country um, in hopes of destroying uh, God's natural order of traditional femininity and traditional masculinity. And uh, so they, they're uh, concerned to see young people who are uh, partially influential and uh, going against the grind.
2: Wow. Absolutely shocking. I mean... Um, and that, and that in a Catholic school that you're not being supported as young, godly Christian men, um, what can you add to that? Nick, your thoughts?
5: Yeah, I think it's just a really clear effort. Uh, anytime anyone stands up or has a backbone to stand up to their agenda, uh, they like arrest them and allow the, allow the mob to attack them and don't do anything about it. Uh, yeah, it's very clear assault on, uh, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, and you know, all of our liberties that our forefathers fought and died for.
2: And Monty, what's your thought?
6: Well, I mean, they're promoting mental illness, like uh, like gender dysphoria is, is mental illness. There's no uh, no going around that. Uh, it doesn't matter how nicely you put it. Um, it's just... Pretty disgusting, especially since they're doing this in schools um, with little children and uh, having drag queens, which are men, uh, in skirts and tights and dancing around like children. So uh, like seeing all this going on, is pretty disgusting, uh, especially coming from a Christian background um, or even just a normal background. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I actually had um, uh, many interviews with a very intriguing fellow. Uh, his name was Jen Smith, and he was, um, you know, transgender or trans-identified, he would say. Um, and he spoke from the aspect of everything, all the difficulty, all the trauma, actually, that he'd been through as a child. And he he would pull from the, um, you know, there's a mental health book. I forget the name of it, but it's a big, thick book, you know, that talks about all of the things that, you know, are disorders and stuff like that. And he said himself that oftentimes when somebody's experiencing gender dysphoria, there's many other things going on. And uh, he very adequately explained, you know, even as he was um, identifying not as a woman. He would never use a woman's bathroom. He would not uh, put anyone else at dis-ease because of what he struggled with. But because of the trauma, the sexual abuse when he was a child and different things like this, he was able to explain that uh, he was more comfortable doing these other things. But never at any time, and what I respected about Jen Smith, never at any time was he try. Trying to normalize uh, this, he was actually bringing a lot of clarity, and still to this day, he does that. Um, the The what 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 you're saying is uh, very disturbing, and especially in light of it's, we're in a country where you're allowed to believe what you have conviction about. You are allowed to be Muslim or Sikh you are allowed to be Christian, you're allowed to be transgender, but you're not allowed to impose or like assault somebody with your beliefs to such a degree that they are silenced for what they believe. Isn't it ironic that they want to be heard and yet they don't want to hear? Mm.
1: Tolerant left
7: hmm
2: And it is quite and a like, bit of intolerance, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. I was just going to add on to what Monty was saying there about the uh, gender dysphoria aspect. It is a form of mental health, uh, and um, I know a lot of people have been uh, quite frustrated with me over the stance I've taken in my school, and uh, the amount of times I've shared this exact same message, that my issue is not with the individual Student that has been manipulated and corrupted by a system and uh, a family or a lack of a family, I should say. Um, it, it, my, I have sympathy for them because they're a victim of this society. But uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to uh, tolerate and stand by as they complete a uh, perverted action. Um, like the the famous saying, "Hate the hate the sin and not the sinner."
2: Absolutely. And do any of you feel that you have at any time incited um, any kind of uh, violent uh, speech or that you have incited physical violence to anyone for having their belief in this?
1: No, absolutely not.
2: And none of you have been accused of bullying or roughing up other people? How would they put that?
5: We've been, we have we've been, been accused, accused of it a lot by, uh, by the woke mob, but no, we haven't, uh, we haven't roughed up anybody. We haven't been uh, bullied anyone or been uh, derogatory to anyone.
2: Right. Does everybody have um, cameras in your school? All the kids have cameras?
1: Yeah, the majority yeah. of them would.
2: Right. So um, if there had been a time, usually, um, am I? is it fair to say that if there's a time when you start roughing up someone, some kid would have definitely got that on video.
1: Yeah, no everybody has everything on video these days.
2: Right, right. So very good. I want to just put up the place where um, if you're out there and you'd like to help uh, Josh in um, his defense, uh, Liberty Coalition Canada is assisting Josh uh, in some of the things that he's dealing with. You can go to libertycoalition.com. Is it Canada.com? I think I have it yep. here. Yeah, libertycoalitioncanada.com. I stand with Josh Alexander is the, the project that is there. And you can sign. First of all, there's a petition, everyone. If you would just do this, go now. libertycoalitioncanada.com. Don't leave the show, but uh, just open up a tab, sign the petition. I stand with Josh Alexander. You scroll down halfway down the page and you will see that they're doing that. And um, if you would maybe even send a message to Josh of encouragement. Um, My my final question to you is uh, what does it take to stand up for what you believe in, in this country? And where have you found the strength to do that? Um, I'm going to start with you, Monty. Uh,
6: Well, going out there and seeing how much, uh, evil there is in the world uh seeing how uh people act out there there kind of has to be a force of good um and also my beliefs in my, my christian beliefs um have taught me like what to do and how to act um and it's just going out there and doing what's morally right it's not even it's not really that complicated to me um yeah.
2: Thank you. I really honor that. And I just uh I find it amazing. Uh three of you together, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you ever feel like you're being going through the fire right now?
1: We get that one a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. I bet you do. Okay, Nick, I'll I'll ask you the same question. Um where are you finding your courage to be able to stand up because you're facing quite a few consequences for all of this? Where are you finding that strength?
5: Yeah, I think when you look out into the world and you see, uh, the, the, the on wave of, uh, indoctrination, uh, the perverted actions, uh, the iron grip of tyranny closing around us, uh, as, especially as a Christian, I think we have a, an obligation to stand up and, uh, to stand defiant to uh, what is morally wrong and what's harmful to uh, to those around us and to future generations
2: fantastic amazing um josh i'll give you the final word then on the situation you've been facing uh you've you've been interviewed now uh you know you've been on alex jones and um a few major places that are beginning to pay a lot of attention to to what you've done um how are you holding up and what's it like to kind of have to face the fire in this manner
1: well I mean after the last couple of years I mean I'm used to it I've got a good group beside me here but um, yeah it's it, I couldn't imagine doing it without knowing I have God behind me and uh, when you're when you're a young man looking out into a world of weak and docile behavior from those who are supposed to be paving the way ahead of you. Um, you, you just need to do something. Um, I have a, a duty to stand up, especially when a young female or more than one young female comes forward and makes a complaint. Um, in the situation of my school, I had a duty to do it there. Um, And previously at the the, uh, Freedom Convoy uh, solidarity walkouts, when I saw the effect that these restrictions were having on those around me, especially my classmates and peers, the suicide rates and the mental health crisis, um, you got to take a stance. And uh, if if adults aren't willing to do it, we're here and we're ready and we're calling on more youth to do so as well.
2: Wow. You guys are so inspiring. And you know, I'm just grateful, as a woman, um, that you are such gentlemen, that you are actually um, you're protecting other women, other young ladies that are in your school, that you've stood up for them. And I hope that you are getting um, some of that, um, you know, good feedback from them, basically thanking you for what you're doing. You are... You are three extraordinary people. I'm really honored to have been able to speak with you. I don't know how, out of all of the chaos going on in our country, three young guys have risen to the top. Um, It reminds me of Job. It says that when you have been tried, you will come forth as gold. And you are definitely in, in the fire right now, but I appreciate you standing up and doing it peacefully and with with. Uh, No violence involved, but really standing up for your faith and your belief in Jesus and doing what's right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on the show. And I I hope that we can talk again when there's uh, a problem that uh, when, you know, another saga that's happening, you're always welcome here. So thanks for spending this time with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Wow. I'm in awe. I oh man, three young guys. I mean, I've been fighting, you know, sort of hard uh, when I came out with putting out the books where the kindergartners were being taught that they could be a different gender. And um, I was showing those books. I had to actually convince parents in the beginning, didn't even believe me that that was going on. So you can see when you're told from the time you're in kindergarten uh, that you can change your gender and that that is a, uh, that is a thing, then a lot of people can start uh, going down that path of confusion. And that's what our schools have done. And now we have a principal that's not protecting young girls in the school. We have a principal that is intimidating the classes so that even a young woman who might feel uncomfortable with having a guy in there, I mean... Not very many people have the courage to say anything, so now you've got a, a school full of scared young girls. I thought this was the women's liberation uh, time of our lives where we respect women, and instead, now, a young guy who says he's a, a woman can run in a, a track meet, uh, you know, and, and win, win the gold, win the win the day run the 400 yard the fastest, and that's acceptable and completely disrespectful of the fact that girls have less body mass, less muscle mass, completely different structures, um, and yet we've got principles like this one. In Catholic schools... God help you. God help you on Judgment Day. JT, can we have a look at, um, so Ron Paul Liberty Report uh, is the China balloon, a smoke screen. Um, You know, we've all been watching all these different balloons or objects. Not going to say it's not extraterrestrial. Oh, but then we had, what was her name? Jean-Pierre, Karine. Yeah, Corrine Jean-Pierre saying, oh, no, we're... It's not extraterrestrial. You know, she kind of wanted to set that straight. So I guess it's not one of those crazy UFOs that they're actually admitting to seeing now these days. Um, So is the China balloon a smokescreen? What does he have to say?
7: Well, it's been almost a week since, or has it been a week since (coughs) this manufactured panic over balloons, a cascade of balloons (laughs) over our territory. We had to shoot them down. As you point out, the only complaint in Congress and in the media is, why didn't you shoot it down quicker? Uh, Of course, all of this panic happened coincidentally, I'm sure, right at the time Seymour Hersh's article, blockbuster article showing how the U.S. blew up the Nord Stream pipelines to detract all the attention. And now that successfully, along with the media, uh, they have have been successful in detracting and distracting the attention from that, then they come out and say, well... It really wasn't what we say. Let's put on this first quote. This is from Politico, I think, this morning. Here's John Kirby, spokesman for the National Security Council. Says, objects shot down aren't from China and are likely benign. Now you tell us. Let's do the next one. Here's a couple of quotes from the article. We don't see anything that points right now to being part of China's spy balloon program. It's unlikely the objects were used in intelligence collection against the United States of any kind. That's the indication now. (coughs) Intelligence officials believe the objects which were shot down a week after the Chinese spy balloon was downed off the coast of South Carolina could be tied to some commercial or benign purpose. In other words, Dr. Paul, they were weather balloons. The US spent how many millions of dollars to shoot them down, to shoot first and ask questions later? it's It's phenomenal to see this level. you would say maybe it's a level of incompetence, but I do think there's some more nefarious <laughs> purpose.
2: Yeah, what do you all think? It's benign. okay, and not from China is the first one from China because didn't they say on the first one that uh, it accidentally float it got out of uh, the you know where they wanted it to go because the wind and all of that, and then it yeah. I think that there's an element here where uh, Biden is, he's compromised and he's not able to act in the protection and best interests of the United States of America or North America. And certainly didn't act in the best interests of Canada either. And it took Trudeau long enough as well to move on that. The first one went right through Canada and no one said a word. Um, So in keeping with... um, you know, the younger generation of today. Uh, I'd like to play this video on how a woman tells a story about a classroom experiment which revealed the failure of socialism. It's interesting, take a look.
0: Let me tell you
4: a scary story. An economics professor at a local college made a statement that she had never failed a single student before, but had recently failed an entire class. The class had insisted that socialism worked, that no one would be poor, and no one would be rich, a great equaliser. The professor then said, okay, we will have an experiment in this class. All grades will be averaged and everyone will receive the same grade. No one will fail, but no one will receive an A either. After the first test, the grades were averaged and everyone got a B. The students who studied hard were upset and the students who studied little were happy. As the second test rolled round, The students who studied little studied even less, and the ones who studied hard decided they wanted a free ride too, so they studied little. The second average test result was a D. No one was happy. When the third test rolled round, the average was an F. As the test proceeded, the scores never improved. As brickering, name-calling and blame all resulted in hard feelings, and no one study for the benefit of anyone else. To their great surprise, all failed. And the professor told them that socialism would ultimately fail. Because when the reward is great, the effort to succeed is great. When the government takes away all the reward, no one will try or want to succeed. And that is socialism. Yeah,
2: doesn't that make perfect sense? Socialism about, you know, making everything you know, equal, and you get a participation award, that's the beginning of it, Um, where people's hard work is not celebrated, and the ability to get ahead through hard work, and, you know, study. Um, Fascinating. That was, that was excellent. Good, good call on that one, JT. Um, Now, the World Series of Poker in 2022 uh, caught an interesting sort of, what would you say, JT, like this was Right. They're not in the hand. They're kind of talking. If you've ever, you know, watched uh, some of those world poker tours, uh, sometimes I've, you know, flicked past, um, but, um, you know, they're having a little conversation, you know, while, while the, the game is going, right? And they're not really in it and they, you know, it can be caught on camera what they're saying. Well, this is kind of interesting that the World Series uh, Poker 2022 players were caught on the mic Talking about having gotten the vaccines, and this is what they said.
1: I wish I would have never got the vaccine. What's that? I wish I never would have got the vaccine. I never did. Uh, uh, I've been having chest pain three ever three since I ago. had that thing. Really? Yeah.
7: Still, You're still having it?
1: Yeah, every time to time. Oh, and they're saying that you get uh, hard arteries. Yeah, throat, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to go get it checked oh, out. Boy, but, I mean, but ever since, dude, it's just. That's horrible been weird i
3: held out i held out until like a month
7: ago not even a month ago
1: uh, is that right why did you decide to get it then also? i wanted want to come play the world three
2: hmm. so that's interesting isn't it yeah i just caught some conversations uh that people had um <clears throat> regarding their experience fascinating um, we have got some more video on what's happening in Asbury, Kentucky. Have you been hearing about this, this major revival, uh, in a college, in a university, I guess. And so how many days now did you say how many hours of, un? it's like, uh, as of the shooting of this, it had been like 105 hours straight of this kind of worship going. Can you just take that louder and put it on there a bit? So, I don't know if you've ever tried to spend more than an hour doing something uh, like this. Two hours, sure. Three hours. I've been in plenty of services where amazing worship is going on. So they've opened up, is it two or three more rooms now? People are beginning to come there. Other colleges, other universities are just showing up. And the worship is just going and going and going. And they're taking shifts, I guess. They're trading out the... um, the worship leaders and um, everybody's taking shifts and it hasn't ended. I don't know about you, but I just pray that God is going to release his power in this last days like we have never seen, that there is something phenomenal. And what's really interesting is, um, I had seen this somewhere else, but my good friend, uh, Art Lucier had sent to me uh, he had sent a, let me see if I can pull this up. It's really interesting because there had been some sort of, um, there There had been this thing where <clears throat> the first time the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. So, you know, this last weekend was the the Super Bowl and the Chiefs won, right? And it was kind of like within three points or something. So it was... Oh, the game-ending field goal took the, took the win. So the first time the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl, there was a revival breakout in Asbury. The Chiefs win the Super Bowl in 23, and it happens again in Asbury. The same weekend on, on February 12th, it was the anniversary death date of Paul Kane five years ago. Twelve is the number of God's government, both the chiefs and the eagles, the apostles and the prophets, the foundational builders of the church had to get to 35 near the end, which to me signifies Isaiah 35 uh, with the highway um, that's in there. And also the prophets, the heavens and the stars and the great sports events are prophesying harvest, revival, reformation, and the true Ecclesia is emerging and is here. It also happened on the 75th anniversary of the North battleford Rain outpouring. So the North Battleford, that was 1948. So 75 years later, we have this further outpouring of God's presence. I, I just think it's <laughs> super fun and absolutely fantastic. Because the Bible says that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So I'm Laurel Lynn Tyler Thompson, and my website is laurellynn.tv. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for those who support this kind of programming. Um, You won't see this stuff on CBC, CTV, or Global tonight because they're covering other things, not this. So... We are actually really honored to to be here to uh, to tell some of the stories that aren't getting told anywhere else. So if you kind of like that and you tune in, it would be such, um, it would be wonderful if you would help us to do it. You can go to our website, TV. There's a donation page there. And if you wanted to become a monthly partner, you could do that for as little or as much as you would like. You could also make a one-time donation. You can even do it anonymously. Another way to donate is Laurelyn at protonmail.com. You would be able to send us a um, an e-transfer, and that would be wonderful. I also absolutely love that you send um, that you send uh, nice letters, let us know that you're watching. And uh, and what you appreciate about what we do. We are all in this together. We appreciate it a lot. Um, My funds have been released in the bank, and so I shared with you this yesterday that they were holding our funds for like a month and a half from one major bank transferring by check to another major bank. And so there's stuff that's a bit weird and, we know they've been printing money for a long time, so we do recommend buying silver and gold. And if you want to do that, contact Steve Merrill at Sovereignize at ProtonMail.com. And if that's something of interest to you, he's got all the answers. You can talk to him. Um, it's a very simple process, very simple. I want to read to you from Acts 2, and this was when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost.
7: <clears throat>
2: um, There were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken." Can you imagine that that you're all from different places and you're, you're in this room together and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in and people are speaking in these other tongues and you can actually hear your own dialect? BEING SPOKEN AND YOU KNOW THIS PERSON IS NOT FROM WHERE YOU ARE. SO BASICALLY, THERE WAS A POWERFUL MOVE OF THE HOLY SPIRIT IN ACTS 2. THIS IS AFTER JESUS HAD uh, BEEN RESURRECTED AND HAD LEFT THE EARTH. AND THEY WERE TOLD BY THE HOLY SPIRIT TO GO. WELL, THEY WERE TOLD BY JESUS, ACTUALLY, TO GO TO THE UPPER ROOM AND WAIT FOR THE POWER OF THE HOLY SPIRIT TO COME. And, um, AND THE SPIRIT CAME. AND SO... In the last days, it says, I'm going to jump to verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Wow, I just think about those fires right now and the billows of smoke that are going on. Before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, these things will happen. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's getting to very serious times. I don't know where your heart is, but Revelation says that God he would prefer you to be hot or cold because a lukewarmness makes him want to throw up in a, in a matter is what it says. God doesn't like the in between. It's coming to a day when when dark and light is being separated. There is a line that is being drawn between what is good and righteous and what is evil and wrong and we ask you today to consider in your own heart have you made that step to ensure that the lord jesus is on the throne of your heart that he is your love he is your passion he is the breath that you take as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you are you thirsty are you thirsty for God because let me tell you something we are seeing the signs we are seeing the fiery billowing smoke we are seeing the earthquakes that are coming terrible earthquakes predicted in Matthew 24 we are seeing the signs that the time is very close are you ready do you know where your eternity lies are you ready and more than anything Will you accept him to be your savior and your friend that stays closer than a brother? It's time. God bless, see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice.